8 Robinsons TV presents a Yellow Tub Creative Production. The Rooted in Love Show. You are watching The Rooted in Love Show. Okay, everybody. Welcome to The Rooted in Love Show. We've been in there having a little fun before we even start. Yes, sir. We got uh, guest hosts. Mr. William here. Most interesting man in the world. Man in the world. And the brother Angelo says Keith. And we in here with Mr. Ty Ridgeway. Uh, good family friend, extraordinary uh, entrepreneur, athlete, everything. So, uh, <laughs> y'all don't know, he might be the Knight Robinson. Yeah, so he's going for the Knight Robinson Award for the week and everything. We, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get on into it. So, I met this guy right here when I first moved to Sonora at some point. I mean, I believe it was the second day, something like that. I was Pretty here. Close. You haven't been here long. Haven't been here that long. I went to this little local bike shop down in Sonora. So, friendly neighborhood. neighborhood, you know. Walked head. in and it was just instant. Like, you know, this brother from another mother. Like, I think yeah, you already yeah. had a coffee in your hand. I did. So you'd, already, you'd already found the, the local coffee shop. I sure so you did. Were good there. Yeah. So, you were second. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. Look, dude, coffee comes first in my life, too. We're good. <laughs> So we're gonna, we, what we're going to start with is because even though I know you, I don't know that cycle. We always talk, you know, business and cycling and life and all this. Sure. But can you remember where you were born? Like, what was growing up like for you and, and where you were born? Okay, yeah, where are your people's from? Yeah, where are your, your people's from, man? Okay. Um, small town. Grew up in North Georgia, uh, near Athens. Go dogs. Um, little small town called Royston, and I grew up with, and I, you know, it's hard to put it other than just to say I grew up with some really amazing parents. Gotcha. And uh, you, you, you know, as a parent, right? Sometimes you don't know whether you're doing it right. Sometimes you know you're doing it right. I, I don't know whether they thought they were doing it right or not. Right. But what they did worked. Right. So, so what was that thing that made me feel that way? What was that thing that made you feel that way? Well, it wasn't even early on that I noticed. I mean, it's just like now in my life, I look back on how I approach life. Right. How I, um, how I view the things that are most important to me and that that I feel like should be. And they, they wouldn't be important to me if my parents hadn't raised me right or put me on that right path and set that mindset Hmm. in me to, um, I'm sure we'll get into some of this later, but just just to not judge anything based gotcha. on face value, to to accept it for what it was right. individually and move forward. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So I'll leave it at that. But I, I, whether they knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. right? They did something right, gotcha. man. Because I, I I really believe that, um, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn in this way. I just think too many people are closed minded these days, and my parents do yeah, a really yeah. good job of making me. Right. Look at it, all aspects of, of life. Right. So, since you said that, I'm going to jump right into it like we do on Rooted in Love Show. Uh, so, you said Athens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Athens, small little town. Yeah, go Dogs against Arkansas. Go Dogs. By the way, I'm missing the Georgia game uh, against Arkansas to, uh, to, to do this. So, yeah, you know, go Dogs. Dogs. we're going to end that part out. Yeah, but. So, you're saying that, and I can hear some. I know Athens, I got friends up there. Yeah. So, how, what, what was the, the ratio? Where you were living at. So at your high school, I in black to white. Demographically speaking? Yes. Okay, so um, let's be real. I grew up in a small town where there was a hood on one side and right. white folks lived everywhere else. Right. Uh, very small demographic. Now, 
speaking about the U.S. in general, there is a, a fairly small uh, demographic of African Americans in relation to everything else. So right. if you average it out, it works. But but the point was, um, in the town I grew up in, they did not intermingle a whole lot. Gotcha. From um, my high school type of deal. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, there's the other side of the tracks, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, I heard it from everybody in town. My parents never told me not to go to the other side of the tracks. Gotcha. Whether they felt like I shouldn't or not, they didn't uh, inhibit me from making gotcha. that decision. Gotcha. And I, I think it goes back to kind of what, what worked well for them. Um, my high school was in a square mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And three of the four halls were white populated and one was the black. Probably kind of high school. I mean, if you want to really, really get into it that way. And I was one of the only white kids that walked down the black hall. Right. We can tell We can uh, and and I knew I just knew everybody in my high right. school because it didn't matter uh, it didn't matter what color you were it didn't matter uh, whether you were rich or poor or somewhere in between none of those things mattered to me it was who you were as a person right and if you walked up and were shitty to me we don't have to talk anymore man right, right. I don't care if you're rich smart poor dumb whatever anywhere in between yeah. if you're shitty to me right I'm I'm good. Go on. I got friends. Right. But if you're cool, it really doesn't matter what else you're bringing to the table. Right. That's why I know I got friends in Athens. So I know sometimes that just like we grew up in Pauley County, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I graduated 1400 students. I think it was 74 blacks in my graduating class. Sure. There's nowhere near that. I mean, I think we had maybe like 15. Oh, wow. Out of 120. First on everything. The first little spot in every picture. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the you're, you're, the, you're the dot. Right, yeah. right. You're the dot in the middle of the picture, wherever the, you know, wherever you were standing. Right. right. Yeah, today, I tell yeah. people, you know, you'll meet a lot of different people in a lot of different ways of life. Mm-hmm. And you look into a man or a woman's eyes. Mm-hmm. And sure. their karma will speak volumes. Exactly. Their aura around right. the color they have around them right. will tell you whether you're welcome or not. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. have to start getting back to using our instincts and how to deal with each other and hopefully try to bridge a lot of these 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 humongous gaps that we yeah. have in this country. Oh no, I totally agree with that because that's why like I said I walked in, it was like instant. Mm-hmm. Like it was like oh, you, you, were a, you were you were I'm gonna put this really simply for the people watching right now. You were a person Walking through the door. Right. Again, he was a person mm-hmm. walking through the door. Right. Exactly. Period. Exactly. What else is there to it? So your mama cooked you a little too long. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's about the only thing in this whole world right. we can't choose is what color we come out. Right. Exactly. Maybe I want to be black. I'm not. Right. right. I never right. will be. I can get tattooed and we can do all this, but... Right. But that that's literally like one of the only things you don't get to choose in life. And I can't right. judge you for something you didn't get to choose. Yeah, you can well, choose your friends and you can, hell, nowadays you can choose your race and, and how you choose to go about things and your sex and all that, your gender and all. Well, that's what we but like you don't get to choose what color you come out. When Chris Rock does this set and he'll say, I done worked hard, I made my millions, I got million dollar friends. He yeah. said, but not one of you white folks in that audience would want to trade places with my black ass up here right yeah, now. I, I, I heard him say that. And that was yeah. true because, because of what he's been through yeah. to get to yeah, where he goes. And, and it's, frustrating. it's frustrating. Um, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, a black friend of mine, uh, a good 
lifelong friend, been with me for a long time now, having a really serious conversation, very similar to this. And he said, you know, man, if I had to sit down and think about it, really, I know people worldwide. I know people all over the U.S., all over the world, really. And it's not like I only have two or three friends. I've got friends, friends, friends everywhere. Of all the people I have of all different colors, all different races, all different demographics, genders, whatever. um, If I really sat down and thought about it, he said, I think between you and maybe two other people that I know, I could walk into your house and see a black person sitting there and not think it was weird. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it really hit me. Yeah. This is a black guy saying this too, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I just don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it to anybody else. I, I don't know how to explain it to the culture. I wish I had like a, like a catchphrase that made, made sense. <laughs> I'm not ready to no, I, 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 I don't you, see it that way. But you've always been that way. You've always been open. So that's why I was asking. But it has about, to start at childhood. That's why I was asking yeah. about your childhood because a lot of times people don't get that. That if your parents didn't give you that or give you that space, yeah. like, like you said, who would you be? Like, yeah, where would you be? Where are you? Like, I would be who you Yeah, like he said, what would like, like, let's get into that. What were you doing? What were you doing in middle school, high school? Was you fighting? Was you running? What you, what you, you know, what was going yeah, on? Let's get a picture of what that um, was like. All right, so let's start, let's talk about like kind of where I came from. I, um, my mother was, um, from a poor family that grew up sharecropping and picking cotton right along with all the poor black families in town. Right. My father grew up the son of a bank president living in a nice oh, neighborhood in wow. Royston. Oh, man. He had a pool. Wow. Shop for Rooted in Love Show merchandise at www.thenumber8robinsons.com. So, my parents come from two very different worlds, right? Even in the same town. Right. Mm-hmm. And found love together and are still married. They were high school sweethearts. Oh, wow. That's rare to find them. My dad was a sousaphone player in the and, and the marching band, and my mom was on the drum line. What? Oh, man. And, yeah. Mom played the drums? Mom, well, she, she was, she was simple. Play, she okay, played the grass um, and played piano and, and was a musician. Okay. Uh, mom went to a Christian college for a couple of years and studied music. Mm-hmm. And my dad went to um, Emory at Oxford, Oxford Emory, sorry, um, and studied business. Mm-hmm. He was going to be a veterinarian and got offered a job in a bank. And even though he finished his career with that bank as a vice president, he started in the mailroom pushing a cart. Oh, wow. His way from the bottom up. From the bottom. Right. But, but, um, he, his experience in the business world is a, has a lot to do with where I'm at right now. Right. Too, because his experience in the business world ended, um, I won't say tragically, but it ended well for him. It ended really well for him. What it came down to was he would offer early retirement. Mm-hmm. And um, it was because his boss was telling lies on him, gotcha. and they believed his boss over him. Gotcha. And within two months after uh, he was 
offered early retirement, they were coming back begging him to take his job back because they realized he was not the problem. He was hiding the problem. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, long story short there, uh, he entered into his own business and got happier uh, than he'd ever been before in his life at that point and really has enjoyed life ever since. And so, that's awesome. Um, that's one of the things for me that told me early on, I've never worked with somebody that didn't appreciate me or understood oh, that's, my that's a big and And so that's led a lot of my business decisions and career decisions right there because I saw that happen when I was in high school at a, a very impressionable age as a young man. Mm-hmm. Um, I started taking piano lessons when I was five and became a musician very early on. I started playing saxophone in the middle school band and when I got into the high school played uh, alto sax the first two years, then tenor sax and very sax. We also picked up sousaphone and tuba. And, oh, was playing and so... Uh, while I took piano lessons for over 20 years, I came out of high school deciding to major in music. Mm-hmm. Um, you might appreciate this. I actually spent my junior and senior year of high school applying to Annapolis. Oh, really? And was accepted to Annapolis. And? And decided to go to UGA and major in music and get a degree in music. Oh, Cut the camera. Ah, sorry, ah, ah, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, though. I'm just telling you right now. I, I, I appreciate kind of where everybody's coming from. I thought we were good. Man. And, you know, but I'm, you know my, my grandfather was in the Navy during World War II. Okay, you went back a little bit. So I, I, um, I, I was really strongly considering two different guys' paths, and it was, it was more science versus education okay. because I was accepted into Annapolis. Um, into their nuclear physics program, and they wanted to put me on a trial itself as a sub You know what? And, and I got to thinking about like six to nine months underwater. For me, I'm gonna give you a pass. It's a little on the weird side. I'm gonna give you a pass. I felt the same way. So that's a that's a lot of time on the weird side. And then they're they're all right. So especially during my middle and high school years, my yeah. mom always used to say, "You should have been born in the '60s." Really? You were born way too late. You should have been born because you are a straight up hippie, free spirit. Oh, yeah. So, in the you, you, so, <laughs> so while I was really focused on science, yeah. I had just gotten out of spending my summer between my junior and senior year at the Oak Ridge Nuclear Laboratory studying nuclear science. And he said that real fast. And, um, and I was really into science and all at that point, but felt like, um, it just, it wasn't enough of a passion for me to go into. I wanted to, I wanted to be in the public spectrum in some way, not in a lab coat behind it. Gotcha. I feel you on that. All right. So, so yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to get out and, and use what I had to maybe affect the community in a better way as opposed to just standing behind it. Well, it's funny you should say nuclear because I got it about maybe seven years ago. I got an offer to go to Los Alamos, uh, nuclear laboratory. Yeah. yeah. And, um, as a, uh, public information officer. Okay. Well, I did my little research and everything and, and then I went to look at uh, Richard Pryor in the movie Moving. Nah. I don't know if you guys recall oh, yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. How they got him to Chicago, mm-hmm. to Arizona. He got there mm-hmm. with a pencil in the pencil sharpener. People came and said, "What did you do with all the money?" <laughs> right, five seconds into his job. Okay? Right, but Los Alamos Nuclear Laboratory called me because they had explained what was going on in the area of uh, Albuquerque right. area. And uh, I said, nine one. Right. It was explain things. Sure. So that could have been you. And that was part of that that summer I spent there. Um a lot of what we did was in the in the lab. All right. I learned how a nuclear reactor works and all that stuff. But 
But a big part of it was just spending time with the entire group, and we would go out into lakes and catch fish in traps and come back yeah. and yeah. and uh, and and uh, come up with how much radiation they'd been exposed to for the environment within miles to ten miles to thirty miles out, or what we were studying the environment around the area, and that was really fascinating. But it yeah. just it got to be a little like, yeah. so you like the outdoors work, you like the environment. Oh yes, you know? I like keeping my hands moving, man. Right now we got migration of birds and stuff like that going. We on. do in nature oh, yeah. because of this COVID. Nature's made a comeback, but I used to live in Aiken, South Carolina, Savannah River. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they used to do these. Uh, these. I'm not a hunter, but they used to do this uh, where they were. What, what do they call it? Making the, the herd smaller? Controlling population. Exactly. So you drive, you drive out there past there when they're doing the hunting and everything. All of a sudden you see all these racks, all these deer. Mm-hmm. And, um, Just hanging. and they can't sell the meat. Right. Well, because they don't know what the innards are as far as the radiation. So, so I know oh, what you're talking it's, about. It's here. not a, a potentially healthy piece of meat. It's not that's a thing about itself. There's, there's plenty of dog food companies out that's there. That's in our community. Right. <laughs> but it's, it it might be radiated, but yeah, it's, right. it's, it's yeah. Uh, pretty intense what it can do to the community. You're talking about hundreds of deer. You know, slaughtering. Like I mean, the fish that y'all have to catch to. Oh, we would bring like five or six in at a time. But we would go out to different lakes and just bring like five or six from that. Because they figured once the, the lake, they would, we would go to uh, specific areas where the water was feeding in, mm-hmm. not just the middle of the lake, you know, to try to get the, the, the most affected tributary water gotcha. coming off of uh, overflow mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Man, yeah, they, they, they I think really we should have done some more research if I started talking to you. I might have I had to, you know, do some checks and some background checks. But I've been very interested. I may have some clearance. I've got some places. This would be the right here, man. And uh, when we get into our next segment, we're going to continue that part right there. You know, how you go from nuclear waste and zombies. I think to this, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great segue to go from high school to college because that was a big switch for me. Well, so let's do yeah. it. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back talking to the second most interesting man in the world. Make sure y'all subscribe. subscribe. Like, subscribe. Hit the bell. Do all that, you know. And, uh, we're going to come back with Mr. William and my brother Gerald, and we're going to get back into it.